Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. This morning we'll be looking at the parable of the sower. It's also sometimes called the parable of the soils. I think actually it's probably more like the parable of the soils as we actually take a look at what this is about. Um, Any of us who've got kids, we can probably relate to this. Um, You try to get your kid to listen to you, um, and particularly today, whenever we've got all of our little devices, phones, and all, all those other kinds of things, um, I, I'll, I'll just use Josh for an example. He left the room, so he won't be offended. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, trying to get his attention, trying to tell him, hey, it's time to do a chore or something like that. And uh, he may be sitting on the couch playing his, and you're like, did you even hear what I said? You know, you pull, pull, the, pull the headphones off uh, <laughs> and say, hey, did you hear me? Did you hear me? Okay. Um, today's message uh, coming from the... This chapter, uh, uh, this par- parable of the sowers, has to do with how we hear. We can be like that to God sometimes. God's trying to say something to us, and it goes right past us. That's, that's what our, our text is about. The way we hear God's Word. It's about the way we hear God's Word. And uh, one, one note before I begin reading, if you notice in your bulletin, I, I've got the passage broken out because at first Jesus gives this parable, the parable of the sower, and then it comes to another passage that, where Jesus addresses, why do, you, why do you preach in parables? Why do you tell all your teach in parables? And then it comes back and Jesus gives the meaning of the parable. So we're going to look at the passage where Jesus tells the parable, and then we're going to look at the passage where Jesus explains the parable, and next week we're going to address what's in the middle. So, Got me where we're going? All right. Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 13. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And a great crowd gathered about him so that He got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some of the seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose and they were scorched, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, Some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. And skipping ahead to verse 18. Hear the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for the one sown on, as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we do pray, Lord, that you would speak to us this morning. You would give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to obey. And Father, we pray, Lord, that we would not be like the path or the rocky soil or the thorny soil. Lord, make our hearts good soil. When we hear what you have to say, we listen and you make us fruitful. Father, we love you. Lord, give me grace and strength as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Begins just kind of introducing the passage saying, Jesus you know, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and He went beside the sea. So we've got the setting. You can imagine the setting here. Uh, he, get, he comes out of a house. He comes over by the sea. And he, he has to get into a boat. That's right. Yes, He gets into a boat and sits down. And you can imagine, maybe it's like, a, like uh, on the bank here uh, where there's a, a bank coming down. And you have it like a, like a mini amphitheater where Jesus is down in the boat at a low point and everybody else was standing on the beach watching as Jesus teached. It says here, Jesus told them many things by parables. He told them many things by parables. Now, here we see, we're just looking at today the the, uh, parable of the sower, but in this chapter, chapter 13, the whole chapter is a bunch of parables. I counted, by my count, if I'm correct, seven different parables that we'll see in chapter 13 as we go through it. So the parable of the sower is probably just one of the ones that he was teaching at this time, at this moment. The first one here, he begins, a sower went out to sow. And and we've already heard it as I I preached it. Some of the the sower, you know, uh, a farmer. Um... They didn't have plow. Well, they they had plows. Plows were pretty. They've been around for a really long time. You can use them uh, as long as we've had iron. We've had plows, but but many crops like wheat and other things that you you would plant it by sowing. I remember as a kid uh, there was a, a, a grass sower that we had out at the farm, and uh, you could wear it over over your uh, uh, neck. 
And you crank this crank and the seeds just kind of sprayed out everywhere. Sowing is that kind of planting. It just spreads out everywhere. It's thrown out and you don't know where it's going. You don't have any control over what, where it's exactly going to land. It's just going everywhere. So the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. You know, that, that hard part. The hard part that's been beat down. It's maybe, maybe the road. As you walk it so many times, the dirt gets hard and... As it falls there, it doesn't find its way into the ground, but it sits there on the top, and it here it tells us that the birds came. The birds came, and they, they ate up all the seeds. So there's no, no crops there. If you're out sowing, you don't want it to land on that kind of a spot. You want it to go into the soil. You don't want it to, uh, to land on a place where it's vulnerable to the birds coming and eating it. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground. That's not a good place. Maybe you've gardened and you've got a lot of rocks in your garden. You have to, as you hoe it, you have to take those rocks out. Well, this is this is like maybe where the gravel is. <laughs> it lands there, and there's there's so much rock there in the soil that it, it just can't grow any, it doesn't get any depth to the soil, and as the sun beats down, it scorches and it withers and it, and it dies. <clears throat> then there's some seeds that fall among the thorns. You know, as the sower is going out and sowing, it's going out indiscriminately, going everywhere. You know, you, you don't have any control over where it lands. And some of this lands in the thorns. Maybe you're going along the edge of a field, a sowing, and uh, there's a, maybe a raspberry bush over, uh, or blackberry bush over on the side of the field, and some of it goes over there. Something like that. As it uh, goes into the thorns, into the thorny area, it grows up initially, but then it gets choked out. It gets choked out. The, the thorns are taking all the nutrients. They're taking all the sunlight. And the, the, the healthy plant just can't grow and it gets choked out and dies. And then other seeds, they fell on the good soil. That's, that's the good soil. The, the soil that's been worked. The soil that's been, been uh, uh, plowed and, and uh, it's broken up so that when the, when the seed falls there, it has the nutrients, it has everything it needs in order to, to grow. And this seed that lands on the good soil, it produces fruit. It produces a harvest. And they, the farmer has no control over how much it's going to produce either. Some of the soil that was good... It, and it all depends on how much rain you get, you know, how much fertilizer, how much nutrients are in the soil, all those kinds of factors that the farmer had no control over. Some of it's 100, some of it's 60, some of it's 30-fold. The final thing Jesus says here is, He who has ears, let him hear. That's not just Jesus saying to the crowd, 
listen to this parable, but it's also, that's what this parable is about. (laughs) If you've got ears, hear. This is important. Don't be like that rocky soil. Don't be like the path. But hear. If God's given you ears, listen to what this has to say. We have this interruption that we're going to come back to next week. But let's, So that was Jesus telling the parable by itself. And in that, it's a nice story. We've got this, um, this story about a, a farmer who goes out farming and he plants this seed that goes everywhere. But what does it mean? What does it mean? I'm thankful that Jesus tells us what it means. <laughs> If, if, it, if he didn't tell us what it means, we could probably come up with all kinds of guesses as to what it means. One of the early uh, forms of interpretation of the Bible back in the early church was allegorizing. Um, I did my master's thesis on the book of Song of Solomon and someone's interpretation of the, of the book of Song of Solomon. Now, if you haven't read the book of Solomon, Song of Solomon, go check it out. <laughs> But so many people, they they didn't know what to do with the book of Song of Solomon because it seems to be about the marriage relationship. It seems to be a love song, a love story between a man and a woman. So what do you do with that? So the early church, many of them did what they call allegorizing. They they said, well, the, the groom must be Christ and the bride must be the church. And you go through the Song of Solomon and find all kinds of different pictures and things and try to say, well, this must mean this and this must mean that. And uh, what you end up with, uh, when you allegorize, you end up trying to make a a picture walk on all fours. (laughs) And, And you end up abandoning what the original intended meaning was. And yet, it doesn't mean the Bible doesn't contain allegory. We have an allegory right here. An allegory is a, a story like this that's a picture where every aspect means is points to a specific thing. Jesus gives us the interpretation, and the way he interprets it is an allegory. Every aspect there, the sower, it means something. The seed, it means something. Each different kind of soil, it means something. So let's look and see what Jesus, the inspired interpreter of the story, the one who spoke it, tells us what it means. We aren't free to come up with our own meaning. Jesus told us what it means. Verse 18, Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So we remember back to the story. Sower has gone out to sow. And when he's doing so, some of it falls on the path, on the rock, uh, not on the rock, but on the, uh, on the road where somebody has walked and the soil is all tamped down so that you, it, it, the, the, the seed can't penetrate, that it stays there on top and the birds come. And here it says the evil one comes and takes it away. When we come to listen to God's Word,
When we hear, come to listen to God's Word, sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other. It goes in one ear and out the other. And it's like Satan comes and snatches it away. He wants to distract us from being able to hear it. He wants to put our minds on other things so that we just don't hear what God has to say to us. And Jesus here is telling us that that is, that is like Satan coming and snatching it away. I want to back up here. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom. So what is the seed? Now I think it's the Gospel of Mark. It actually begins with the sower sows the word. Uh, here in the Gospel of Matthew, I didn't notice it until I was reading through it here just now. But it doesn't tell us the sower sows the word, but it does say when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it. So the seed, the seed that's being spread everywhere is the word. It's, it's the word of the kingdom. It's the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, you've got your bulletins. <laughs> The Apostles' Creed is a nice little summary of the Gospel. The seed that's being thrown out, that's being scattered everywhere, that's being preached, is the Gospel. The Gospel is God made us for His glory. He made us good. He made us to live in a paradise. And sin came into the world. And we have been distorted by sin. We have inherited a sin nature. We all do what is breaks God's law and we all are broken. We disobey God. We experience all kind of suffering and hurt. All because the world has become broken and yet God had a plan to redeem us. God the Father sent the Son into the world who lived a perfect, sinless life. He died as the Lamb to take away the sin of the world. He died a sacrificial death. He took our place. He was our substitute. Jesus came. He, he lived a perfect, sinless life. He died and He didn't stay dead. Though He was buried, He was in the grave for three days, He rose again on the third day. What does that tell us? His death meant something. If He had died and gone into the ground, but yet He had all these good teachings and everything, we wouldn't remember Him 2,000 years later. But He rose from the dead because what He said was true and He was God in the flesh. He rose from the dead, proving who He was. He rose from the dead also so that He might be the first fruits of the resurrection of the dead. One of these days, He's going to come back and judge the world in righteousness. And He, he ascended into heaven. That's where He is now. But one of these days, He's coming back. He's going to judge And everybody who has trusted in Him, who has looked to Him, that He is their substitute for their sins. 
who has repented of their sins and trusted in Him can be saved. He was our substitute. That's the Gospel. That is the Word that we sow. That that the sower sows. And so whenever it comes to the path, that's the person who, whenever it goes in one one ear and out the other here, Jesus says the words and does not understand it. The, The enemy, the evil one, is preventing them from being able to understand it. By distraction, by confusion, by all kinds of things. What it takes is the Word of God to penetrate that heart and make it come alive. The second kind of soil here. He says, as for the one that was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the Word, immediately receives it with joy, and yet has no depth of root in himself, endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the Word, he immediately falls away. So that one, remember the one that falls on the rocky soil. What happened? Sprung up temporarily. And yet whenever it springs up, the sun beats down and it gets scorched and it dies. That's like the one who hears the Word and they get all excited. They're emotionally moved by it. And yet it doesn't really penetrate all the way down into their heart. They've got a response, a visible response, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last because when persecution comes, when people start to make fun of them because they start to because they believed in Jesus, maybe because they lose a, lose a job because they believe in Jesus. That can happen. They lose their friends. When that comes, they fall away. Not because they were truly saved and then they lose their salvation. No, I don't believe so. No, this one that falls on the rocky ground never was really saved in the first place. It was just a temporary believer. There was an emotional response with no conversion of the heart. And then we see for what falls among the thorns, that what, what was sown among the thorns. This is the one who hears the Word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the Word. And it proves unfruitful. Maybe a person hears the Word. It seems to maybe make sense to them. But they realize, wait a minute, if I do that, then I have to give up this. I have to give up this. I'm not willing to repent. The cares of this world come and choke it out. When Jesus' Word comes to us, when the Gospel comes to us, we're going to be like one of these soils. Either the good soil 
Or maybe we just dismiss it because we don't want to make those changes in our lives because of the cares of this world. We're so much in love with this world. Or maybe we receive it temporarily, but when things get tough, we give up. But oh, the last one. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the Word and understands it. Indeed, he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. A couple of things here. The one that lands on good soil, this is the true believer. This is the true believer. The one who has been converted. And when, we, when the Gospel comes to us, we believe it. And it doesn't just, we don't just believe it intellectually, but it starts to produce fruit in our lives. Now, the fruit isn't all the same for everyone. Some 100, some 60, some 30. But if you're saved, you're going to produce fruit. Your life is going to be changed. Something's going to be different. That fruit is the evidence that we've really been changed. Now, I have a couple of things that we can look at, what we can apply this with today. The first one I think we need to think, consider is what kind of soil are you? What kind of soil are you? We, we read this text and we need to ask ourselves, what kind of soil am I? Whenever I hear God's Word, does it just go through one ear and out the other and I don't, it doesn't change me at all? Whenever I hear God's Word, do I get all excited about it, but then I go off and do my own thing the rest of the week? Whenever I hear God's Word, am I confronted with it, with the choice, but I'm just unwilling to give what it demands because of the cares of this world? Or are you the good soil who believes it and it changes everything about you? That's the first thing. Second, I think this passage should give us believers encouragement in our evangelism. When we want to share the Word, when we go out as the sower, we're going out and we're spreading the Gospel among the people we know. And we know there's going to be all kinds of these soils out there. Some of them, some people are, are going to respond to us just like this. My phone was talking to me. My watch was talking to me. When we go out and, and share the Gospel, some people, it's going to go in one ear and out the other and they're never going to think about it again. We don't need to be discouraged. That's what they did with Jesus. We need to be faithful. We need to sow. Some people, when we share the Gospel, they might get excited for a little while and then give up. Sometimes when we share the Gospel, someone might seem to be really convicted. Feel like they need to do something about it, but at the same time, they're just so in love with this world 
they're unwilling to make the decision to follow Jesus. But we know that as we spread the Word, there's going to be some who are going to be good soil. There's going to be some. Now, we don't look for the good soil. No, we're not looking for the good soil and saying, uh, I'm going to sow it here and here and here. We're not looking for the good soil. We throw it everywhere and let God do with it what He does. The final thing, I think this ties back to the Scripture reading that Ron gave. And I was just thinking about this just before the sermon. I was trying to think of how does that tie together. I know... I really just picked it because of the image there of sowing and a fruitful harvest and everything, but here's, I think, where it fits in our application. He turns rivers into a desert, springs into a thirsty ground, fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water. a parched land in the springs of water. And He lets the hungry dwell. And there He lets the hungry dwell. And they establish a city in it. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. Where there's hard soil now, where it seems like a barren waste, where it seems like a desert, Jesus can make the spring that make the desert into a spring of water. If you think about your own life and you think I don't want to be that good soil. I really think, think up to up till now I've been more like the path of that rocky soil. It's not too late. He Jesus can make a barren land into springs of water and make it into fruitful ground. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.